Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Gimel in Maseches Yevamos. But we will begin eight lines up from the bottom of Chaf Bez, Amad Bez. Welcome back. I am feeling Baruch Hashem a lot better. And we are discussing sisters. What has been going on up until now? Well, the sister. How many Yisurim are there uh, for being with one's sister? That was a machlokas. The Chachamim said, two Yisurim. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, right? Rabbi Yossi held that it was only one. The Yechayev for only one violation. Meaning, either way, both, you're not allowed to be with your sister. One is not allowed to be with their sister. But, it's a question of how many Yisurim cars are there. Why would that be Machlokas? Well, Andrew, what happens here now is a Machlokas over the distribution of the psukim. As you will see, everybody's going to agree. And the interesting topic of today is, what is a sister? So, what do you mean, what is a sister? A sister is somebody who's a girl who has the same parents as you. Okay, well, that's a classic sister. What if your father had a girl? Okay, so we're talking about now the paternal sister. But he had that girl with a shifcha, with an anusa, with some sort of marriage that was in Isra Kares, marriage that was in Isra Lav, right? Some sort of uh, union that it was not allowed. Is she still legally considered your sister? So we're going to see that everyone's going to agree that the case where she's not your sister is a case of Oved Kachavim, right? Where your father, what one's father was with a guy, right? Or, uh, um, or an Eshifcha, right? Whereas with a slave. And we will see that in those particular cases, for reasons that you can already intuit, there is no yichus, right? There is not a familial connection, right? Eved, as we'll see, um, and also over kachavim, we'll see. They don't have the same, right? They don't have the same um, kind of yichus. And in, in those cases, she's not considered your sister. In the other cases, perhaps she will be considered your sister, even though your father had, one's father had managed to have this child, right, through some sort of illegal union. Okay. Now, it all stems from these two psukim. The psukim come from Vayikra Perik Yudchas. Oh, okay. We're right in that zone. Vayikra Perik Yudchas, Pasuk Tes, and Pasuk Yudal. Pasuk Tes says, let's just read it inside. Ervas achoscha basavicha basimecha moledes bayis moledes chutz lotagalervasan, which is the Pasuk that teaches you can't be with your sister. Now, basavicha basimecha can't be your paternal or your maternal sister. And then it says this interesting thing, which the Gemara will discuss. What does it mean, moledes bayis o moledes chutz? Whether she came from the inside or the outside of the house. That's going to become relevant. Then, Pasuk Yudet, Yud Aleph says, Ervas bas eshes avicha, moledes avicha, achos chahi lo ervasa. So it doubles down on bas eshes avicha, moledes avicha. Doubles down on the paternal sister. It says, she's your sister. Okay, so... You can understand why the Chachamim would say, well, why does it double down? To tell you that if you are with your sister, you're going to get two Averas. That's why there's two Psukim. However, says the Gemara. Here we go. Verbiosi, eight lines up. He holds that you only get one one Isser Karis. So why, therefore, is there a second Pasuk, asks the Gemara. What's the second Pasuk here of Bas Eshes Avicha, says the Gemara. 
So according to Rabbi Yossi, it is the second Pasuk that's actually modifying and defining the first. The second Pasuk is where we learn that if your father cohabited with a Shifcha or a Shiksa, right, that ain't Ishus Lavichaba, that the girl that would come out of such a union would not be considered your sister. That's where we learn it according to Rabbi Yossi. Ah, so the Gemara says, wait a minute. That, well, the Pasuk doesn't say anything about a Shifcha or, or an Ovid Kachavim. The, the Pasuk only says that this of uh, uh, is your sister. It, so, so, so how is it actually excluding only a Shifcha and Ovid Kachavim? Maybe it means to exclude something else. What's that something else? It says, the Ema Prat Lachota Banusa. How do we know? Right? Because it says, Eshus Avicha Moledes Avicha. So maybe it's trying to exclude an anusa, saying that if a person, if a girl was a union of one's father with a, right, one's, so to speak, um, uh, father's victim, that girl that would be born out of such a union would not be a sister. Maybe that's what the Pasuk's trying to teach you. Says the Gemara, Ahilo Matis Amrit Midurava. No, you can't say that. Because Rava already addressed that issue. And Rava says the following. The Rava Rami, Rava taught us, Ksiv Ervas Bas Bincha O Bas we already said, right? Rava sees here a steer and two psukim. And, when, and from the psukim, he explains that both kinds of daughters are usher. Now, what's potentially confusing is that these psukim are not talking about a sister at all. They're talking about a daughter or a granddaughter. But we'll, as we shall see, what basically Rava, I'll say it outside first, so basically Rava is deducing now is that a union that comes out, a daughter or granddaughter that comes out of an own sin is still considered your daughter or your granddaughter. Which is to say that even though this girl came out, Rahman al-Islan, from a onus situation, as far as the relationship, she's still a sister or she's still a daughter. In other words, if she's still considered a daughter with respect to lineage, then she's also still presumed to be considered a sister with respect to lineage. And therefore, what we've learned from Rava, and I'm saying it outside and then we'll read it inside, what we're going to learn from Rava is that onsen is a terrible thing, but not something that affects whether the person is related to you. In other words, if a person's father uh, you know, raped a woman and they had a child, that child's still considered your sibling. That's what Rava teaches you. Just like it's still considered his daughter. So let's see it inside. What did Rava say? Rava saw a steer into Psukim. It says in one passage, Obviously, you're not allowed to, right, cohabit with your, uh, with your granddaughter, not whether it came from your son or your daughter. But that implies, because it says your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. So that's, right, that implies. That habas bena dida uvas bita dida shari. That pasuk would imply because it says bas bincha bas bitcha. It's it's um, it seems to be attributing it to the fact that you're the father. What if your wife right uh, came in and she had a son, right, and that son had a daughter. In other words, she came in with grandchildren. So are you allowed to cohabit with them? The answer is certainly not. Well, the first pasuk, because of the fact that it is uh, explicit, that's bas bin chal bas bin makes it sound like because you're the father, therefore you're, it's a, it's an usher. But if you have grandchildren, right, from your wife's side, then they're not an erva, right? Says the Gemara, right? Bas bin dida, bas bita dida shari. You would think that there, that you can have, 
right, relations with your grandchildren from your wife's side, says the Gemara. And there, we know that that can't be the case because there's another pasuk. The other pasuk says, "Uchsiv ervas isha uvita lo tekale es bas benav es bas bita." Your wife's children and grandchildren are explicitly usher to you as an erva in a different pasuk. So if you make a diuk in the first pasuk, it makes it sound like your wife's kids are not ervas. And if you make a, and if you read the second pasuk, you see that the wife's kids are ervas. So which is it? Says Rava. How do you reconcile these two psukim? Kan be'onsin, kan be'nisuin. In other words, to teach you that there's an iser by onsin or from nisuin. Ah, right? In other words, the only reason there's two psukim is, in other words, why is the pasuk, why is the first pasuk uh, being so uh, emphasizing that it's from the father? The first pasuk is only emphasizing for the father, not to tell you that if your wife brings in kids, to, to the family that you're allowed to cohabit with her children. That's an erva. No. But it's emphasizing the father to teach you that even if the father had an anusa, that those kids would also be usher. That's the point. Oh. So it's not to take away an iser, it's to add an iser of onsin. Now, once you've added that iser of onsin, the mechanism by which it's usher is through familiar relation, meaning that you're related. And from that, we learn, therefore, that Achosa from Onsin would also be a legal bond, and therefore, she would be your sister, and therefore, we don't need a Pasuk excluding Onsin. This is all a long way of saying, again, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, <laughs> what's going to end up happening is the Rabbanon had a leftover Pasuk, which is why they give you Kares twice for your sister. The Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda needs the Pasuk. So he's using it for what? For Shifcha and Shiksa. As we're calling, which we're calling Shiksa. But the but, but but why is he not using it for achosa from Manusa? Because he already learned from Rava that achosa from Manusa is aser because she is in fact your sister. So now as we finally arrive at Chavkim Alav, it says Fine. So we know why it's not mentioning in Anusa. What about why is the pasuk only ex- excluding Shifcha and Shiksa? Why is it not excluding Chayv Alavin? Says the Gemara Papa, or some say Amar Rava Chayv Alavin Tafsibu Kedushin. So as we'll see, the fact that when you have, and we've already learned this, we talked about Tfisis Kedushin, when, when you marry illegally, right, not an Isser Kares, but an Isser Lav, right, so when a person marries an Isser Lav, there's going to be Kedushin, and that is a sign, the fact that there's a Tfisis Kedushin is a sure sign that there's real familiar relationship is going to happen here, as follows. It says in the Pasuk like this, Unbelievable Pasuk, that talks really about Yerusha, Right? What are you doing about this inheritance? So a person has two wives. One is hated, one is loved. This is Rashi. What are you talking about? One is hated, one is loved. Like that is that is strange enough, right? Says the says the Gemara actually. That's where Rashi points out. There's no such thing as objectively loved and hated. Hakadosh Baruch Hu loves everybody, <laughs> and it certainly shouldn't affect the halacha of Yerusha. Right? That's not like a subjective, I like you, so I'm going to give you more Yerusha. The whole point of the Pasuk is to teach you that everyone is loved equally before Hashem. So therefore, what does it mean when it says you have two wives, one's Ahuva and one's Snua? It says the Gemara, Ela Ahuva, Ahuva ben Snua ben which is to say, Shtein Nashim, Ahuva ben Snua, it has to be some objective thing. What's the objective thing? That she's loved or hated in the manner with which she was married, in an objective way, which is to say, the marriage was either frowned upon or not frowned upon halachically. That's what it means, loved and hated. Ah. 
And that's the twist. That even though the the one of the mar- one of the mechanisms of marriage was snua was frowned upon, still it says kitihiyena, right? The ish shteinashim, which is to say the marriage still takes effect. So even though the marriage we are frowned upon the fact that they got married like the, this way, still the union would be legal. It would take and it would be legally binding, and therefore any offspring from that union would in fact be considered your siblings. That's what we learn over here. Tosos has an interesting question, which is um, not, not, not really for now, but basically, what about if she was a, a, a Russia, and that's objective? So said, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking with respect to the marriage. Okay, that's that first Tosos, fine. So that's how we know that Chayve Lavin are not what, what's excluded. Again, according to Rebiosi, uh, a Shiksa and a Shifcha are not considered, the daughters of said unions with one's father are not considered your sister. But if your father um, was, one's father was Me'anus a woman or married a woman Be'isr, when the Isr Lav, and they had a daughter, so that woman would be considered that part, one's sister, even though it was done so in sin. So says the Krisis. Oh, so now we're gonna say, wait a minute. Let's say one's father was Boel his own mother. Now we're getting now now you know you're learning Yavama. So says the Gemara. So what would be the case? In other words, do you have to exclude that case? So let's see. Rava says, well the Pasuk says, Ervas chutz. Oh, so now we're getting into that Pasuk test. What does it mean Moledis Bais or Moledis Chutz? Says Rava, Ben Shaomim Lola Vicha Kayem, Ben Shaomim Lola Vicha Hotse. Ah, so Maledet Bais means she was born in the house and she's allowed to stay. Maledet Schutz means one who was born out of a union where we say, get that out of the house. And regardless, she's considered your sister. Says the Gemara, Amar Rahmana Achoschahi. In other words, one's father was, I mean, we have to say these crazy cases to understand what's going on. So, one's father had union with his own mother. Oh. And his mother got pregnant and she had a daughter. So now this person is your, I don't know, she's your aunt, she's also your, your sister. The point is, she's considered your sister. Why? Because she's your father's daughter. Ah, she's a moleta schutz, which is to say, your father can have the marriage ceremony as much as he wants. He can get nussy gross. Right, and he can get wretches and have a whole big ceremony. Guess what? The condition is not tofus. It's an isra karis. You can't marry your own mother. It's, it's ridiculous. But, so she's not going to live in the house. She's going to let us chutz. But that daughter is still could be considered your sister because it's your father's daughter nonetheless. So we are once again left with whether it's chiv karis or chiv lav or, or uh, a bas anusa, still your sister. The only time it's not your sister is if she's born out of a shiksa or a shivcha. Says the Gemara, So wait a minute. Maybe this moledus bias moledus chutz that we said. Maybe when the when the Torah tells you that it's still considered your sister, how do we know that the moledus chutz was the iser kares? Maybe the moledus chutz. We're now asking, how do we, how do we come upon this limud? How, maybe the Meletus Chutz was actually talking about a Shikta. Shikta is a Chutz, right? Why does it have to be an Isser Kares? And so maybe the Shifcha Noves Kuchavim should be your sister, the daughter of such a union. So it says the Gemara, Makra, Bas Eshes Avicha. 
No, Misha Yeshla Ishis La Vicha Ba. Pratlachotam Mishif Khavis Kachabim. Basha means that this woman had Ishus, has some uh, Ishus relationship to your father. So the Gemara then asks, wait a minute. Uh, do you really think that only a shiksa or a shifcha isn't a bas ishus? Uh, Isser, and his mother is a bas ishus? Says the Gemara. And we've never seen it before, Yavamas, as far as I recall. And now we're seeing it all over the place. Umara Isa. What were you thinking? Right? Already we've seen this many times. What was the question? You might have thought the chayvikrisus needs the chedesh. Why? She can't tafsi by kudushin the alma. As follows. In other words, the Pasuk is obviously telling you, Moletus Bais and Moletus Chutz. When it says that Moletus Chutz is still considered your sister, it's taking a very wild case and it's telling you that that case is still, that girl is still going to be considered your sister. Now, that wild case has to at least be plausible. So, what's more plausible to say? That the, that the daughter that came out of a union with a Isra Kares is your sister? Or the daughter that came out of union with a shiksa is your sister. Which is more plausible to say? The one that's going to be more plausible to say, that's the one that we're being merabe. That's the one that we're going to have to say she is your sister. She's actually your sister. So the Gemara is assuming that the Chiv Kares is more plausible to say that she's still your sister. Why? Because after all, your mother, one's mother, can still marry other people within the faith, right? She could have had some, right, uh, some other husband, so, yes, she cohabited with Inisar Kares, and that was not ever a marriage that was going to be um, allowed. But because of the fact that she's still within the fold, so then it, it's that union and the daughter of that union that's actually still going to be considered your sister. So that's what the Gemara assumes. But the Gemara then says, considers the, the contrary, which is to say, Maybe Shifchavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
because of the fact that the two psukim are not left over. One is to teach you that you're not allowed to have it with your sister, and the other one is to teach you that if your sister was born out of Shifcha uh, or Avod Kachavim, then you, she's not considered your sister. Beautiful. But the Rabbanon are giving you two Isurim. They're using both Sukim to, give, to, to nail you twice. So what, where are they learning this Shifcha and Avod from? Says the Gemara. Where are they learning that a, shif, a, a daughter born out of a Shifcha or a Shiksa is not really considered your sister? So the Gemara answers, yeah, well, first of all, for Shifcha, it's, it's pretty obvious. Why? Because the Pasuk says, you know, obviously this whole slavery concept is, uh, is no, no longer part of our modern sensibilities. But in biblical times, the, what do they do? The, when the slave goes out, what happens to the wife and kids? They stay with who? The master. What does that show you? That shows you that the kids and all the, everybody, they're not miyuchas to their parents. That when it comes to slaves, this is a, obviously not a very PC idea, but let's go with the biblical slavery concept where it comes to slaves, <laughs> these, um, these slaves are considered basically not related to each other. You know, that was one of the big tragedies of slavery in the United States, that they actually would sell off kids uh, with this mentality of there is no actual familiar relation. Okay. So once there's no familiar relation, as is evidenced by the fact that the, what, master keeps the wife and kids. The slave himself is considered dissociated from them. So therefore, once there's no Isha's relation, so then they're not related to their own parents. So obviously she's not considered your sister. Oh, it's okay. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda. So what does Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda do, do with that pasuk? Right? In other words, obviously that's teaching you that Shifcha and, right, is not going to be considered related to you. So then, why does he need that second pasuk for it? He must be using this pasuk of Aisha Yaladea of the slave for a different need, says the Gemara. Yeah. Because there's two psukim, it's not just one. And this one pasuk is clearly only talking about a shivcha. Right? It's talking about Aisha Yaladea. That has nothing to do with a shiksa. That has to do with, with a slave situation. So that, yeah, of course, that pasuk is, you need two psukim for that. One for shivcha, one for Yaladea. But you need both psukim. What, which is both psukim, diyashmin and shifcha, if you only learn by a slave, mishum dayin lachayis. Yeah, because as we've already demonstrated in the pasuk, slaves are not considered related even to each other, and therefore certainly not back to you. Avalaveres kochavim, deis lachayis. Oh, so we know that relative to each other, right, there are scenarios where gayim are going to be yorish each other, and right, they're considered family, a nuclear family. So, Amalo. So, in that case, you might have thought that a girl bought out of such a union with a shiksa would end up, in fact, being related to you because, in fact, Goyim are related to each other, lahalachically. Ah. But if you only had the Pasuk, but you might have thought there that because they have no mitzvahs whatsoever, so then, and so then we don't even, <coughs> we're not even go race their relationships to you, and therefore we don't even think that their relationships to you are relevant. Fascinating idea that because the shifcha, so long as she's in your house, has to keep the mitzvahs of the Torah, so you would have thought that maybe one of the mitzvahs of the Torah, so in other words, amongst the mitzvahs of the Arias, right? Um, and so we always say, when we have every chuppah, right, we talk about how we're different. Shehitir lanu, right? Esanesuos lanu bechuppah v'kidushin. So we have these concepts. So even though the slaves are not considered exactly related to each other with part of being 
involved in the mitzvahs, and part of doing the mitzvahs is having these like nuclear families and these arayas. So therefore, in essence, we're going to, for that reason, treat them like they're our own sisters for purposes of, right, these halachas of erva. However, right, the, the goyim, because they are removed from such arayas in that sense, so then we're not going to assume that they're related. So that's why we assume that you have to have both a pasuk, according to, right, Rabbi Yossi, who needs both psukim, where he's going to need both psukim. He's going to need the pasuk for, right, the arayas of, uh, we're going to say, he's going to need a pasuk to teach you the avodah kachavim is not considered, again, it's a havamina is that she's considered your sister, either because they have to do mitzvahs if they're a shifcha, or because they're meyuchas to each other if they're a shiksa. But the chinesh is, both psukim come to teach you that she's not considered your sister, according to Rabbi Yossi. Oh, tzricha, says the Gemara. And that's how we conclude that she's tzricha. So now the Gemara says, I, and according to the Rabbanon, Ashkechan shifcha, obed kachavim minalo. So Rabbanon, we had the pasuk by shifcha. But where, how are they going to extrapolate obed kachavim from, from shifcha? As we said, the Rabbanon had the pasuk of tiela uh, adoneha. That's clearly in the context of a slave, right? That they have no relation to you because they're slaves. But where, where are they extrapolating over kachavim from? So it says the Gemara, right? If you're going to say, oh, they learned from Shifcha, well, we just demonstrated in the case of Rabbi why Shifcha and Shiksa are different, right? They are, neither of them are going to be considered your sisters, but for two very different reasons, right? One has no yuchus at all, and one has no shaykhus to mitzvahs. But those are two different things, so you therefore can't, if you're a Rabbanon, you can't just simply extrapolate one from the other. It would seem that Rabbi Yossi is very reasonable and that he needs Tupsukim to teach you that they're not your sister. So the Gemara says, no. Yeah, the Rabbanon have a different source. Rabbi Yochanan quoted of Shimon, famous Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, where it says, what? Don't marry shikses because they're going to turn your son away from me and they're going to serve other gods. So this says bincha. So this is where we learn matrilineal descent. Bincha me Israel is kori bincha, right? If your son from a Jewish girl is considered your son, Yeah, but a shikses kid is a goy. Ella bno, right? He's her son. Uh, so once he's her son. So you see from there that again, once you go down the line with a shiksa, so then it's already not considered. So that's the source. It's not considered your sister. Fine. So now we have that second source. Amar Ravina Shmami. No, we learn from this. Ben Bitzcha Abamina Oivid Kacham Kari Bincha. So we see here that if your daughter's son comes from Oivid Kachavim, right? Chas V'Shalom, right? One's right daughter is married to Oivid Kachavim. Still, as we know, matrilineal descent. So, so the Gemara just goes off on a little tangent. Say, it sounds like the Vlad is kosher, as Rashi says. In other words, the fact that we unequivocally say that as long as the mother is Jewish, the kid is Jewish, makes it sound like the Vlad is kosher. Uh, kosher is a little strong. Kosher, not so sure. Says the Gemara. He the moms are low havi. Yeah. Kasher, in, in contrast to, he's not considered a mamzer, considered him Jewish, but kasher, nami lahavi. Not so kosher either. Yisrael, pasal mikri. And there are, uh, it's not a great thing. We've already seen this idea of Yisrael, pasal, that he is considered Jewish, but he can't marry a Kohen, etc. Potentially, there's going to be uh, psulim with this young man whose father is not Jewish, but be that as it may, he's considered Jewish. So he's not considered a mamzer, he's not considered a guy. But he is an Israel puzzle, fine. Now, 
<coughs> that is Rabbi Yochanan's source. The Gemara says, wait a minute. Right, that was Rabbi Yochanan's source of Ki Yasser, it's bin Chamecharai, uh, the idea of, of with Goyim, we don't have, really have the, the, the lineage. But the Gemara points out, Hai Beshiva Umas Ksivil, guess what? That Pasuk was only talking about the seven nations of Canaan. <laughs> so, we're, 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 that's not what the question was. When we, when we said Avaz Kachavim, we were talking about all Goyim, right? We were talking about, uh, I don't know, Andrew, name and nationality. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about French too. They're not one of the seven nations of Canaan. Thank you, Andrew, for the assist on that one. So the Gemara says, no. Ki yasir le-rabbas kolam Yeah. Once you go off the derech, French is certainly as, as off the derech. It's not on the derech. Put it that way. Oh, so how do you call Shimon? Well, all of this is good according to Rabbi Shimon. Why? Because yasir and bincha involved a little bit of time of the Korah, right? A little bit of hermeneutics there, rationale to the psukim, the darish from time of the Korah. El Rabbanan Minalo, so where did the Rabbanan learn it? So he says, Man Tanu, the Polygalai, the Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, yeah, the Rabbanan, guess what? They are from the school of Rabbi Shimon, he, their school of Rabbi Shimon, who's Darish time of the Korah, and now we've gone to the crux of the matter, which is, where is the source? Why did the Rabbanan have the extra Pasuk? Because there's a Pasuk along the line of matrilineal descent that Rabbi Yossi didn't have and the reason he didn't have it is because he wasn't Irish time at the Krah. And because he didn't have that Pusuk teaching in the matrilineal descent, it set off a chain reaction where he needed one extra Pusuk to teach you that the Avodah Kachavim woman is not your sister. But everybody agrees on the Halacha, that if you have a daughter of the union of Onsin, Yisurei Lav, Yisurei Karis, all of those women are considered your sister. The only one that's not your sister is the daughter born out of a Shifcha or a Shiksa. Okay, as we turn to Chavkimel and Bez, we find ourselves in a new Mishnah. Fascinating case of the double mint twins, Andrew. Remember those girls? Here we go. Now, the point here, as is with most of you mamas, is not the case. Meaning, we're not worried that this is going to happen and somebody's going to marry the double mint twins. What we're learning, actually, is a fascinating, right, obviously, what do you do in a case of Suffolk? That's, that's why we bring this funny case, Right? It's a fast, and let's dig right into the mission. It says the mission, Rashi is quick to point out. What do you mean you don't know who married? Is this like a Yaakov Avinu with Rachel and Leah situation? Not exactly. You knew who you married. Because if you didn't know who you were marrying, the condition wouldn't work. You knew who you married, but Andrew, they're so identical that the next day you don't know who's who, and they're not telling you who's who. So we're in trouble here. So what says the Mishnah? Noisin get lazuva get lazuva. You can't be married to this woman. <laughs> because, after all, you don't know which one you married. You're not allowed to be with a woman you're not married. Not so much because you're not married to her, Andrew, but because she's your wife's sister, potentially. That's the problem. Obviously, she's her twin. And that's an erva. Oh, so because you're not allowed to be with your wife's sister, you got to give, excuse me, a get to both of them. And just move on to a different family. You've had it with this ridiculous twin family. Okay? Now, Mace. Now is where it gets fun. So that's an easy case. We're going to take this slow and keep it all easy. So let's say it's such an individual married one of the Doubleman twins, forgets which one they are, and then he dies childless and before he got a chance to divorce either of them. So now he has what we will call, and as we will see, you might recall, this was one of the data points to teach you Yesh Zika. Right? Let's assume right, that as soon as he dies, the brother now is considered, so to speak, married to the woman that his wife is. So what is this setting up? Fascinating case. A brother who has a Zika 
to one of two women, but because of the nature of their identical twinness, he has no idea which one of the two women he has a Zika to. So now he's stuck. <laughs> How's he stuck? Well, he would love to do the Yibum, but you can't do a Yibum on the sister of the person he's supposed to be married to, so to speak, right? Right. He has a Zika, so the sister is going to be an Erva. So if he just picks one and flips the coin, he might end up with an Erva. He cannot do that. So he cannot do that. So, on the other hand, he can't just walk away because he's married to one of these women, so to speak, right? He's a, he's a Yavam. So you can't walk away and you can't marry. So what are you going to do, Andrew? Says the Gemara, uh, if there's only one brother remaining, so yeah, do chalitza to both and then leave this family alone. What are you going to do? Right, you have to do chalitza to both. Again, what, this is a fascinating case, but it sets up a case of suffolk and a suffolk. You do chalitza, right? Because chalitza to both of them, that's okay. You're allowed to do chalitza to, to your achos. Chalitza, I mean, anybody could spit in a shoe, right? And it doesn't hurt any. No one gets hurt. And now you've severed the chalitza for sure once you're chalitza shteyem and shalom al-Yisrael. Go marry somebody else. However, hayulu shnaim, fascinating additional idea. Everybody could always do chalitza, but just to take it to the extreme what happens if the deceased guy who married one of the twins has two surviving brothers? So then we say, that the first one certainly should do chalitza, but then the other one can take the other sister in Yibum. Why? Because, as Rashi explains, once the first one did chalitza, just think it through. If that woman that did chalitza was in fact the the actual person that was supposed to, that was the actual sister that his brother married. So then the Zika is now removed, right? The Chalitza is done, Zika is removed. You're allowed to marry sisters. And so the second guy could do Yibum, but that Yibum isn't really Yibum, obviously, right? Because that sister had no Sheikhs to his brother. It's just, they're having a, a wedding ceremony and they're going to live together now. So it's just a question of whether that living together is going to be considered Yibum or a marriage. But either way, they, they can be married is the point. Right, as opposed to if, uh, okay, so let's say he did chalitza, let's say the first brother did chalitza, and that woman had no shaykhs at all. She was not the one that his brother married. Well, that's okay, because then the yibum, uh, the meyabim is actually doing yibum on the one that he was supposed to do yibum on. So that's why you allow, again, the first one wouldn't be allowed to do it, because the first one could end up being meyabim, his yavama's sister, that's usr. You can only do chalitza in that case. So the first one has to do chalitza. But the second one, once Chalitza was done, so then either the right woman was released or the wrong woman was released, but then he already knows that he's allowed to do Yibam. It's a, right, it's a logic question. Okay, now just last piece, and then the rest of the mission is basically going to extend these situations to their absurd, right, follow-up situations, but it's all going to be based off of these building blocks. So, however, again, if both brothers went ahead, so we said, ideally, the first one should do chalitza, second one should do uh, yibum. But let's say they both said, you know what? These twins are the best. There's two brothers left. You marry one, I'll marry the other. We, don't, we want to stay in this family. So they both get married. Well, one of them certainly did it be Isser. However, says the Mishnah, Ein in miyadan. we're not going to make them get a get. Now, mind you, before we said, if there was just one guy, he's going to have to give a get. Wait a minute. One guy married a, a twin, and he doesn't remember which twin he married. He's going to have to give a get to both of them. So why here we have two brothers 
and they get married, they don't have to give a get. We let them continue to live. So I'll explain to you. It's the, that's the difference between Shomeris Yavam and an actual wife. Even if you're going to hold Yesh Zika, Shomeris Yavam isn't your actual wife. If it was the actual wife, you'd have to get a get. But here, as Rashi explains, there's a retroactive issue, uh, thing that's going on where, again, the two bro- remaining brothers, they both, boom, they, they had a double marriage ceremony. So one of them was definitely marrying Be'isr, the Achos Ishto. But guess what? As soon as the other one got married, that Yibum was performed. And once that Yibum was performed, the Zika falls off of the, of the brother. So it's true. By definition, when two brothers married these two sisters, where only one of them is a Yavama, then one of them is for sure being married Be'isr. Be'isr, Achos, right, Yavimto. But the Achos Shemeris Yavam is not exactly Achos Ishto. That's where the, that's where the Kula is. Because the Achos Shemeris Yavam is going to, that Isra is going to fall off as soon as the other brother get married. Meaning, assuming they both get married, so then for sure one of them, the Yibam is being satisfied. And so once the Yibam is satisfied, he certainly could marry the sister. So it's just during the wedding, somebody's making a big boo-boo. But, you know, during Shevra Brachos, everybody's kosher by then. So, so, so therefore, that's why, uh, as Rashi explains, that's where the one Kiddush is. So you, you set up this whole wild case, and now you have a distinction between two brothers who are definitely doing something wrong, and one guy who's actually getting married. That's a different thing. For that, you would have to get a get, but for the Shomer Yabam, you would not. You would retroactively say it's okay. So let's just, since we're here, carry it to the absurd um, uh, follow through to some of the absurd corollaries of this as follows. So now this happens. Right, two men. And now in this case, these two men are not brothers. Let's not get too confused yet. Two men who are not brothers, they marry the double men twins. Oh, uh, they marry these twins. Right. So, of course, they both, when they got married, they knew who they were marrying. And afterwards, there's a prank. We don't know what's going on. They're identical twins. And now you don't know, is this woman your wife or not? So then, and again, we're, we're going, the Gemara is going to explain what the Chiddush is here. We're going to use all the same principles. Of course, they both have to give two gets now, which is a, fat, which is a wild uh, situation. But yeah, because you don't know which one's your wife. And you can't be with your wife's sister. And therefore, you have to give both of them a get and move on to a different, less crazy family. However, Mesu, now we're going to set up the Yavamas again. So again, two unrelated men married two identical sisters. And they don't know which one they married, and now they both died childless and they, without divorcing said sisters. So now, So let's say these two unrelated men each had their own brothers, and now they want to do Yibum, but they don't know who to do Yibum is on. So just like prior, we said you give get, get to Shteyim, here you're going to do Chalitza to both. Right, so each one of the surviving single brothers is going to do chalitza to both women. And again, the, the, the issue here, the Mishnah is not trying to teach you what to do in such a case, as if such a case would ever happen, but it's trying to teach you how you handling the case of Suffolk, and you handle it with uh, chalitza, right? In other words, you don't know which one is your Yavama, so you give chalitza to both. Even if she isn't your Yavama, there's nothing wrong with spitting in a shoe, no one gets hurt, and therefore... Shalom al-Yisrael, give everyone chalitza, move on to a different, less confusing family. However, a fascinating thing, the Gemara will te- teach you what the Chiddush here is, so similarly, like we said before, let's say one of the brothers, had, one of the men, rather, had one brother, 
and one of the men, the other man who's not related had two brothers. So then, just like we said before, So if you only have one brother, just like we said before, then you have to do chalitza to both. However, exactly as we said in the first case. And again, the Gemara is going to say, what's the Chiddush here? And we'll see. But here again, if you have two brothers, it's going to be the same exactly as the first case, where the first brother could do chalitza, and only once that first brother had done chalitza, the second brother could do a yibum. Because me manaf shach. If the first brother did chalitza on the actual yavama, so then she's been released, and that that yibum that the second brother is doing is actually a marriage. And if the first brother uh, missed the mark and did chalitza on the wrong woman, he did chalitza on the sister, so fine. So now you're being meyavim, the proper yavama, and, and it works. And then again, and for the reasons we had indicated earlier, if they both have a joint wedding, they bring Nasi Gross and Jeffrey Ratchis and everyone's getting together and they have a joint wedding with these sisters, knowing for sure by definition that one of them is an illicit marriage, that is typically not okay. However, in this case, it is okay because one of them was a Shemaris Yabam, and as soon as they get married, that Zika goes off the other one, and two, two, and two uh, brothers certainly are allowed to marry two sisters. It's only when they have a Zika to one of the sisters that they're not allowed to marry the sister, but that Zika is going to simultaneously fall off at the wedding, and so Chazal said, we're going to not force them to give a get in that case. Just as we said in the previous case, again, the Gemara is going to discuss why are we confusing it uh, by doubling down and causing you to see du- double um, in, in the second case of the Mishnah. And even crazier now, All right. Each of the deceased men, again, remember, these men are not each other's brothers. That would be even weirder and more confusing. So we don't need, this is no puppets required, really, just as long as you stay with me here. Each of the deceased men who are not related to each other has two surviving brothers. So again, we're following the same principles. So each of the brothers are going to do chalitza first. And then, So it's almost like the second case, we're setting up the third case, where the second brother can take uh, in Yibum the sister who got, um, who got Chalitza from the brother in the other pair. So that's the fascinating uh, idea because this way each sister, what's going to happen here is each sister is actually going to end up getting both Chalitza and Yibum. But that's okay because again, once you've had Chalitza, you could do Yibum. Once you've had Chalitza, so Mimanafshach, if she was the Yavama, then she's Mutter Lashuk, so to speak, and right to anyone. And if she wasn't the Yavama, so you did Chalitza, so the second guy is doing Yibum, is actually performing the actual mitzvah of Yibum. However, and this is what the Gemara is going to bear out, is the Chiddush, is Kad Mushnaim Vechaltzu, right? Lo Yibmu Hashnaim, El Echad Chalatzu Echad Miyabim. That again, if both of them uh, did Chalitza, right? In other words, if the two brothers of one of the deceased men, went ahead and they did the chalitza on both sisters, so then the two brothers of the other, they should not take the other sisters in Yibum. Rather, they should do Echad Cholotz Ve'echad Miyabim. In other words, the way that they fall, and Gemara will spell this out, the way that these women now fall to Yibum without uh, having the Zika based on the fact that the chalitza was already done is going to discourage the two brothers from the other sisters from doing the Yibum at that point, and therefore they're going to have to do chalitza Again, they're going to have to do chalitza with one of the sisters, but it's true that at that point, once you do chalitza with one of the sisters, using the same mechanism we did before, the second brother can in fact do at that point the yibum. And then we're going to see that the chiddush is going to be that the first 
the Chiddush is going to be that the first brother can't do Yibam, but even more so that the second brother, even in such a scenario, you might have thought it would be a Gezer, that the second brother can't do Yibam, because in this case, we're even further removed, and therefore there'd be an even greater Hava Amina, that the first brother could do Yibam, and so the Chiddush here, even in this third, wildest of scenarios, that even in that case, the first brother should not do Yibam, let him do Chalitza, um, and, 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 and even a bigger Kiddush that the second brother can do Yibum and we're not going to be confused and think that the first brother can do Yibum. So, so, so again, the Kiddush is that even when you get, uh, I'll say it clearer, even when you get to this case where it's further out and Chalitza has already been done and there's two brothers on, on both sides, still we're going to let the last guy do Yibum, the Kiddush being that it's more likely that you're going to think that the first brother could also do Yibum and yet... And therefore, you would think because of that that we're not going to let the last brother do yibum, and we're going to just say everybody just do chalitza. This case is too crazy. Don't let the last brother do yibum. And the answer is that even in this case where it's so removed and there's multiple brothers, we're still going to let the last brother do yibum for the same principles we mentioned earlier. So once you have the building blocks, you understand why that last brother is doing the yibum. And then finally, for the same reasons we had mentioned earlier, kin muvakinsu and motzin miyadam. That if they all actually went and did yibum. We're not going to be motzi mi yadam in that case. So then we find ourselves in the Gemara, right on the um, uh, about towards the uh, you know a little further than halfway down the page of Chavkim al base. Let's take one more minute. Shmami na says the Gemara as we've already noted. Kiddushin shein misurin labia havu kiddushin. Right, the Gemara thinks well. We see that it's kiddushin because these are kiddushin shein misurin labia. This is the beginning of our Mishnah. The Mishnah is saying. Right, that you don't know which one of the women you married, and there, but it's still considered a marriage. Says the Gemara, no, that's not the case. Of course, not the case. Because the Gemara is assuming that you don't know which one you married, but the marriage went well. It was actually chal. So the answer is no. The marriage wouldn't have been a marriage if he didn't know which one he was marrying. Obviously, the case of the Gemara, yeah, when he got married at the wedding, he knew he was marrying. It was only afterwards, because of the identical twins. That he, that he became in a state of suffolk, and it's for that reason that he has to get out of the marriage, but the marriage itself was only chal because he knew exactly who was married. And that's daikanami, says the Gemara. That's actually impl- implied in the Mishnah, because because it says that he didn't know. It doesn't say that he never knew. It says that he doesn't know afterwards. So we'll pick up tomorrow on the first wide line on Chavkimel Amadez.